Bulls Gold is delivered to you via the Barroom Network, now in its seventh year of providing podcasts about Chicago sports, movies, and more. Make sure to subscribe to the Barroom Network for free and easy downloads of its programming. And visit its merchandising store at deepdishtees.com to purchase t-shirts, hoodies, and mugs. Now, on with the show. Gold here on the Barroom Network. I'm Edward Schuler, joined as always by Salim Sudawala. Salim, how you doing today? I'm good, Ed. Just uh, had a good day at work. First day of the week, starting out on a positive note in that regard. Even if, like, you know, you have your Mondays that are bad, but not bad there. But uh, obviously the Bulls, was happy to see them keeping competitive. But unfortunately, some frustrating things uh, throughout the game and then the end, there was a lot of, you know, uh, questionable things that they probably did too hmm. that ended up with a loss. But yeah, I'm sure we'll get into that. Yeah. Uh, and when the game first started, I thought that it was very close to remote time where I turned the game off <laughs> because they were getting <laughs> they were getting their asses handed to them. But they made it a game. They had the lead at one point and it was entertaining. Maybe a few different things go uh a few things go differently and the Bulls may have uh, ended up with a win, but instead they lose to the Milwaukee Bucks 93 to 86 in game one in their return to the playoffs. And we're going to break everything down and joining us to uh, break down this game. We usually have him for draft covers, but he's just all around fun to talk to about the NBA, college basketball, whatever in general. He's one of our go-to guys on this podcast. Corey Silva from the Hardwood Herald and no ceilings. Corey, thank you for joining us again, man. Hey, what's going on, fellas? Uh, appreciate you, me. I'm excited to uh, chop it up with you. It's been a yeah, minute, yeah. minute. No, for sure. It's been a little, little bit. Uh, we had you on, I think, a couple of months ago to talk some draft. Um, yeah, like right before March Madness. Maybe right before March Madness, I think. I can't oh, remember. was it before March Madness? I can't remember. Maybe somewhere been, around that. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, we. You know, and the funny thing is, we like Ed and I don't podcast as frequently as like since like right before the all-star break so i think maybe just that as well maybe i just kind of lost track of uh when that time frame was <laughs> yeah it, it's like basketball has flown by so quickly like it feels like a few episodes ago like we were like just coming off the all-star break but now we're in the playoffs and it, it's fun because for the past what four or five years we haven't had bulls basketball really to talk about at this time, like at this time, we will be talking about the offseason and what players we wanted to get rid of and why we were so disappointed and just ranting and raving. But we actually have playoff basketball to talk about. And it, it was a roller coaster. It started off really bad, but it it got competitive. The Bulls had a lead. They were making things interesting. They had chances to win this game, but ultimately fell short to the Milwaukee Bucks. So, Corey. What, what was your reaction to watching this game and how the Bulls played overall uh, well or how the Bulls did overall? And what things were you maybe even disappointed 
when you were kind of watching this game scene? Well, you know, I, I, I turned on the game. I was just pretty much finishing up Easter dinner. Um, and I was watching the game on my phone and right away we're down this huge deficit. And I'm like, all right, I'm like you, I'm like, all right, well, yeah. maybe I won't have to watch this game too much when I get home or, or too intently. And then we came back and showed a ton of grit and fight. And, uh, it looked like the guys who showed up in the first half of the season. Mm. So I was very excited about that because I, I think as Bulls fans, <clears throat> we know that it's there with this team and we just haven't seen it in a while and we saw it and i was i was wondering if playoff mentality if that was gonna flip the switch for these guys because you know i I know what the record has been against good teams and 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 whatnot and that media narrative but i i've never had felt this year at least you know through the first half that i was afraid to play a ton of the big guys when we came and showed up and and played the kind of basketball we we were playing early on so when when I saw we came back and we started making it a game, that's something that I think the Bulls and, and Bulls fans should be excited about. That, you know, we came in on the road, game one, in a dogfight, and it, it really did go down to, to the wire. So I, I would take all of that. I think we just the fight, the energy, the, the fact that the guys were willing to make some of the def- defensive rotations that maybe they weren't mm-hmm. making um, in the latter part of the season. And uh, the fact that, a lot of the guys we're going to rely on the rotations are going to be shorter. And now we're going to have guys that are probably going to be doing that a little bit more consistently. So that's the kind of stuff I was excited about. <clears throat> um, disappointed. The, obviously the bull, the, the bucks are a great defensive team, but the offense looked pretty brutal and mm. it seems as though it's going to be tough to get good looks against this team throughout the season. So I'm a little worried about the bulls offense uh, going forward because if far big time shot makers aren't making shots. We don't really have like the three point variants to kind of go and steal mm-hmm. one um, with our role players. So, so that's the thing I'm scared of. Well, that's, that's the thing I want to kind of uh, get into a little bit too, this cause so it looks like the Bucks stra- strategy essentially is going to be, uh, we're going to give the open, you know, high, the top of the key tr- three to Vooch. We're going to give the threes to like Kobe, uh, even Zach, we're going to let you shoot three. But we're going to kind of pack that paint area because we don't want DeMar to go one-on-one or get any really breathing room uh, to get to his spots. Um, and but essentially, I, that's what I, I saw a lot of, you know, when you when you really look at the game and, and break it down in that regards. I saw a lot of that where – and obviously DeMar was, you know, you, he was this horde off, on the field. I, I, like what he was like six of like 25 or something like that. I can't remember off the top of my head. Yep. Six but, of 25. Yeah. Yeah. So like, you know, he, he was taking tough shots, but it was also like very, like a lot, a lot of the shots were very well contested. There was always like, if, if a, if the first defender wasn't able to, you know, keep him in a certain spot, there was a second or third there to kind of, you know, deter him in, in, in some ways. And like I said, yeah, it was. The, looks like the Bucks' game plan is essentially: look, your three-point shooting is the weakest, and we're going to try to make you three-point shooters because they got thirty-seven threes off. That's a lot of threes. Like the Bulls mm-hmm. don't normally take that many threes in a game. Um, they usually hover around like thirty, twenty-nine, right? So 
yeah, so that's what I was thinking. Like, did did you kind of get that same feel, Corey, uh, when you were looking uh, at the struggles on offense? Yeah, I, I think the the Bucks did a really good job forcing the Bulls scorers into positions they weren't necessarily comfortable with. Um, I think they were more than comfortable, like giving up shots to Vooch from the outside rather than letting DeMar get to his little shot, you know, at the elbow. I think they did a good job kind of uh, icing him on a lot of possessions and forcing him more sideline instead of letting him get to the elbows. You know, late in the game, one of the shots he did hit when Brooke Lopez was in drop coverage is he got to his spot at the elbow and, and the shot went in. Early, they were forcing him, I think they were stepping up on that a little higher, forcing him to take that mid-range shot a little further back. Um, And then again, like getting him to take those mid-range shots from either like uh, more so the wing or or even like um, the short porch and and spots that he doesn't necessarily want to take shots from. I I think Zach, despite the what the percentages look like, I thought he started getting cooking a little bit. And I think the foul trouble kind of took him out of his rhythm more than the, the Bucks defense did. <clears throat> Just him having to sit late in the game kind of threw him off. But, uh, you know, I, I think the Bucks definitely had a, a good game plan forcing the Bulls into making tough shots. And, you know, the the rest of the this offense is not anything to write home about. And, and the guys, mm-hmm. you know, stepped up defensively and made huge plays, but outside of the bulls three guys it's they're gonna need to find contributors obviously kobe had a good game um off the bench and he's gonna have to be big i think the whole series so that was a positive but you know i I don't even caruso who i i think should be on the floor like as many minutes as he possibly can i you, you don't really ever expect him at this point to knock down shots so as great as he is on the defensive end it's like i i don't know how many you know times he's gonna knock down shots throughout the game consistently. So I, I do think that the Bucks have had a good game plan and it's going to be interesting to see how Billy kind of uh, decides to attack it and counter it in, in game two. Yeah. Uh, something about Billy, like you, you mentioned that fourth foul on Zach that took him out of the game. Um, like there's been a, like a consistent trend throughout the season where Billy just doesn't use his challenge flag. Um, and then, and then when you ask him after the game, they like, go, oh, "Well, I thought it was too early, and we should use it later." And but then you had a situation when he, when Giannis jumped on like Pat's back with two minutes left in the game. It was like, mm-hmm. like, dude, you you need to use your challenge. Like, I think, like, I I think he should 100 percent use it when Zach got called for that BS charge. Uh, that like that's your best player. You, you don't want him getting into that foul trouble, especially when he's getting going. It's like it just to me that's common sense that would have been like look it's worth challenging, and and for one reason or another like it's just kind of goofy that Billy just refuses to uh, to utilize the, that that challenge flag. Game, I, I feel like games like this just confirm to me or just validate to me why I hate blocks and charges so much. Like it, it's just there's no consistency around it. Like Chris Chris Middleton is just damn near running. And just jumps in front of Zach and gets the charge. And then on the other end, Patrick Williams is actually set. And Giannis, while he does try to get around him, he doesn't get around him all the way. And that's a block. It's just there's no consistency with it. It's just I, I don't know. Like I, this game really did come down to to 
well, I won't say it came down to, but it's definitely fair to just look at some of these calls like that and just how they influence so many different games. And it's just really frustrating. But yeah. Yeah, I agree. I mean, that, that he definitely should have used his challenges at certain points, especially um, as a retaliation because who was it? Uh, Middleton who drew the charge? Was it Middleton who drew yeah, the charge earlier? Yeah. Right, right, like, right. Um, it, it was like it was it was on a fast break, and he was he was slightly trailing Zach, but then he got in, and then he he stepped in front of Zach, but he was still moving, and he kind of leaned a little bit. You saw if on the replay, it would have I think it would have been an easy overturn. Yeah, I, I'd like to be. I'd like him to be a little bit more aggressive, uh, maybe with the challenges going forward. And I'm sure you know that's something the, the coaching staff hopefully will discuss. But I, I thought overall, you know, uh, Billy's game plan was was pretty solid heading in. So I, I guess if like my biggest gripe with him is that he didn't use his his challenge at the right time, I, I think that's probably a positive. See. I like what you said earlier when you talked about how the Bulls just don't have that that swing skill as a team where they can really change the game with their shooting. And when you look at the rotation right now, outside of that big three, they just don't really like Caruso, Pat, Kobe, Javante, Derek Jones. Io played some, Tristan Thompson played some. I mean, there's a few shooters in there, but there's not really a lot of guys that you think can go off from three on any given night to change the game. So what Milwaukee's doing strategically is just pretty self-explanatory. Like, they're just going to step back and let these non-shooters try and beat them. And, or some of these guys who have been slumping going into this try and beat them. And Caruso, you mentioned him earlier, he was slumping from three going into this. And we know Kobe White had been struggling from three as well. So, you know, when Kobe got hot, it definitely started to change the game a little bit. But, uh, you know, Milwaukee was able to get back into it. I'll say this, though. I think, and me and Selene were talking about this earlier, it, it's easy to look at this as like a moral victory, like, hey, the Bulls didn't play their best basketball and they were in it. They played really great defense. And I think that's true. But at the same time, when you look at what Milwaukee did, and if I told you before the game that Drew Holiday and Chris Middleton were only going to go 10 for 29 and that Giannis would have a, a pretty good game, like 27 and 16 is nothing to scoff at, but it's not like one of those like really, really great Giannis games and that they would only shoot 40% from three or 40% from the field and 26% from three. You would think, man, I think the Bulls had a really good shot at winning this. So it's like we were, me and Celine were talking about. It's, I think the Bulls can play better, but I don't know if Milwaukee can play as bad as they did. And that's a little frightening to me going forward. Yeah, I think that's a pretty... Uh, legitimate concern uh, because the Bulls' defensive game plan was pretty good too, and um, a, a lot of times the Bulls' decision was to sell out on like role players and and come with doubles on Giannis and when he's in the post and mm -hmm. uh, just bet on making the right rotations and hoping that shooters would miss and the shooters missed, which was was good, but. You know, you just know that like Grayson Allen's gonna have hit a couple of annoying shots uh, down the line, and and mm -hmm. Bobby will get hot. So, um, again, it's gonna it's gonna be interesting to see how we adjust now in Game Two on both sides because I think that Milwaukee's gonna make some adjustments themselves and and do some things. And although I guess Bud technically isn't really uh, known for making in series adjustments himself, 
So who knows? Maybe it'll be the same thing. That would be great. But yeah, I, I mean, Middleton and Drew, uh, especially Middleton, because I think Drew, you know, he, he's kind of either mm. on or, or, or off. But Middleton's going to have one of those games where, you know, it doesn't matter how many rotations you make to him. He's going to hit a shot with a hand in his face. We just got to hope that Zach and DeMar have those games too. And I mean, Vooch, I thought, played a really good game, even if, you know, the, uh, the the percentages don't back it up. I, I thought he was pretty impactful. So hopefully he could shoot it a little bit better and, and continue on because he's this is a team he has had success with in the past. Yeah, it's that it's just I I don't know if I have faith in Vooch to knock down that open three from the top of the key because I feel like he's been missing that all damn yeah. season. All the, all this, <laughs> it, it, know, it's I, just we're used to it. Like I'm I'm used to hearing Vooch from the crowd and then just bricking at the top of the key. So two for ten is like yeah, it's not. Too surprising. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I another thing offensively, I feel like I was a little frustrated with, and and granted, like with Pat, like it's it's partly him too, but like you, you figure Billy would have more involvement with him in the offense. If you're if he's going to be the guy that Giannis is guarding, like I don't understand the concept of uh, the the logic of him sitting in the corner. It's like you're really allowing Giannis to essentially just play that you know free safety just he can rest on defense not have a lot of movement but then like if zach or demar are able to get free a little bit then he's there for the help right like i didn't understand that that logic then like i was kind of frustrated with pat a little bit like look you're passing up looks or you need to be a little more like movement on offense but at the same time it's like what, what Billy needs to do more too. Like he needs to have him involved. Like granted, you're not going to say like, look, Pat, I'm going to let you handle the ball and we're going to let you do certain things uh, with the ball in your hand and whatever. But like maybe use him as a screener, have him like, I don't know, like what, what he can really do. But like, I wanted to get your thoughts on that, Corey. Like I know, like, I don't know if you noticed that same thing and like thought that, man, there's something different that Billy should do here. I'm going to be honest. I am pretty much like out on Pat. Mm. I it honestly like it sucks because he's this guy that is going to have the the thirty plus point game that he had the last game of the season, and he's gonna he has the look. And you know, I thought that he was pretty good defensively in the game, but it's just not his personality to be the guy who's like, I'm going to go be the one to step up and get some points. And I don't think like, I don't know if Billy trying to force feed him that is going to change thing. I think you either have that mentality or you don't, you know, I mean, it, there's nothing really Billy can do when the ball um, on a broken play basically gets put in Pat's hands and he's got a wide open three and he hesitates to shoot it and then, you know, passes it off and we have to settle for a contested two. There's that's not really on the coaching staff. That's on Pat's got to have the mentality. And I know he's still working his way back from being out most of the season, but this is, that was the story on him back in college too. Like, you know, when he's, you know, as the draft guy, like when he started getting brought up in the the top seven and then, uh Oh, he might be the guy the bulls take it for. I was like, Really? Because he was a guy that, you know, was kind of like a late lottery guy heading up to basically the last week and a half before he kind of shot up during during workouts and whatnot. And to me, it was always like, has the physical tools, 
looks like you know the the paw but mm. he doesn't have the mentality to be that guy and and i don't know if that's something you can be forced into developing um i think you just have to have it or you don't so i don't know it's not that i like think that pat is a guy that we have to get off of or anything i just think he might be the guy that bulls fans are always just tantalized by because of the tools until eventually you're like we kind of missed the boat on cashing in on him when the opportunity came and then look i i don't know he maybe he turns it around i hope he does because if he does you're looking at you know an absolute monster player in this league who fits the direction of the modern nba but as far as like him being a decision maker i'm or a a difference maker in this series i'm just kind of like I hope he plays good defense and takes shots when he gets them because I, I don't really have the faith that he's going to go into takeover mode. Yeah, but I, I guess I, I don't. I don't think he could be a like a huge difference maker. But I, like like I said, yeah, I do agree. Like he needs to be more assertive, and that's something you obviously we've all talked about. Where he, that's just not his personality. That's not like how he is. Um, like that one play when the Bulls got the offensive rebound, or he got the offensive rebound, really. Um, and he had open look. He should have just shot it because look, you're yeah. There's 14 seconds left on the clock, but still, I, how what better look are you gonna get in that situation? I mean, it's not like you got a full shot clock, uh, and you're you're hoisting up a, a three, but you you should have shot the ball there, and that's that's on him 100. percent But I just feel like, I feel like those little things like him, like like I said in the beginning of the game when he was just standing in the corner. Like, I feel like that's the offensive game plan. Like, we'll spread out the floor, and we're just going to have you stand in that corner. Type of, like, something like I think Billy should do a little bit different on. And just, I don't know. I, I Like like I said, I'm I'm not the biggest, like, obviously, X is an old guy, and maybe I missed something there that that obviously that you would see better than I would. But I don't know. I just feel like there's definitely something more you can do as far as not let again, not giving him the ball and saying, yeah, we're going to let you create and we're going to try to get you like a lot of looks, but just use utilize him in a different way that gets him more move that gets a little bit more movement on offense. And like I said, you're not just letting Giannis free on resting on defense. I don't know. Mm. No, I, I mean, I get like, you know, if, if, he's in that corner and the bulls want to use him coming off some handoffs, getting him downhill. He's shown to be a, a decent playmaker. Um, maybe if he gets the momentum, he can get to his little spot for the pull-ups and like I there, and there are definitely things to do. Maybe you use him as, as a screener uh, more often. Um, but at the same time, like again, to me with Pat, it's all about mentality. If he wants to be involved, he will be. And I think there's only so much the coaching staff could do. Like, how many times do you think the coaching staff has to tell Kobe White to get himself involved in a game? Right. You know, so to me, like, he's just got to want it. And I hope he does. I really do. Because I actually think he could be a decision maker. Like, you look at, like, Scotty Barnes. Scotty Barnes is a decision maker because that kid's mentality is like, let me go out there and be a decision maker. Right. Pat has the same, you know, Pat's as talented as as Scotty. You know, he's got the frame. He's got the... He's got the talent. He's just got to be aggressive. So to me, that play that, you know, you isolated is emblematic because there's no more better situation of a player that wants to be in that spot than that, than that shot. Like he was the number four pick in the draft. Like he should be like, all right, like, all right, DeMar DeRozan, Zach Levine. But like, I'm in that tier too. This is my coming out party. Like there's a lot of young players who are making a name for themselves. 
I got to see Pat show that he wants to be put in that, in that same group. And I get it. Like a lot of these players aren't coming back from a, a season long injury, but uh, still to me, I just need to see the aggressiveness and yeah, hopefully the, the coaching staff does stuff to put him in better spots, but I'm not confident if they do that, that it's, he'll be any more aggressive than he would be standing in a corner. Some, that, someone's got to give though. Cause he's, to, to play 23 minutes and have three shots and basically just be ignored on the floor is just it, it's hard to win with someone like that unless they're doing really really well on the other end and he's not a zero defensively but like you guys have said like if he's not a if he's not a decision maker he's not really a shooter he's not really a scorer and he's not even really a hustle guy either then like what are you getting from him offensively yeah, I don't know. He's like he's the classic guy who like will you know have your fan base just arguing on Real GM for you know years about you know with two camps of like keep him, <laughs> trade him, or build around him or or whatever. Like he's that classic guy because the talent is so apparent. It's just like just go get it. Like it's yeah. right there for you. <laughs> he's just got to, right. he's got to find an identity at some point. Like I, I, I won't say that he's got to find it anytime soon. And I, I, I think I'm still optimistic that he can become a really good player, but right now it's just, it, it's tough because he missed so much time and, you know, playing with some really good players in front of him. It's just, it, it's hard to get back in that groove. And, and granted, uh, that's like yeah. the biggest stage that he's been on in his, yeah, his amateur or professional career like that game one of a of a of a playoff against Giannis against the defending champions that's like that's like not getting any you know bigger mm. at this point for him uh I mean later in his career maybe you can say yeah there'll be other opportunities for a bigger stage but yeah I mean and, and maybe that's just also jitters too because I thought I thought Zach seemed a little jittery to start the game just because of like the you know just the first ever playoff game that he's played, maybe some of the young guys. I thought I know Io looked a little bit you know. They all did. Yeah, that's, they, that's why Milwaukee did. came out and punched them right in the mouth. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. They seemed just like they they were a little shell shell shocked, um, a little bit. But yeah, yeah I mean, I, I think like you know, there's a lot of negatives that like we talked about. I think a couple of positives I do want to get into. I thought. And Kobe and I, um and AC, but like Kobe, I thought had a nice game. Like I thought he did what he was supposed to do. He I was the two for six from three, but I mean he he did hit a couple of timely shots. I thought he was aggressive on a couple of drives. Like defensively, I thought like I was really impressed with him as far as um I, I know a couple of times he got on rotations, but in particular in transition, I feel like there was like two three times where the Bucks got on the break. And Kobe did a really good job of getting back in transition and making it difficult for the Bucks to get that easy, you know, fast break bucket. Mm -hmm. So I'd like even a couple of times, even like kind of deterring it and making it uh, either a turnover or just making them kind of have, have to reset. Um, what are your thoughts on Kobe's game last from last night, Corey? Um, I, I thought he played really well, and it's exactly what he needed to do coming into his first playoff game. And I think one of the things that he's really good at, uh, whether he's making or missing shots, is 
pushing the pace and increasing the speed in which the Bulls play. And I think that's going to be a big key in this series if we could do that because when the Bucks are able to get their defense set, like they got some really, really good defenders, um, a lot of size and length, and it's hard to score on them. So anytime like we can get the ball up the floor quick and try to get like easy shots when plays are broken up, I think that's a positive, and I think Kobe did a good job getting the, the ball up the floor quick. And when the ball swung to him, he made a quick decision. You know, even if it wasn't to shoot it, um, he still – you know, got rid of it quick. So I, I, I really liked what I saw from him. Like you said, he made some big defensive plays. You know, the one play getting back, hustling back in transition um, was big that caused a turnover. So I, I, if he brings that same mentality, energy in, in game two and, you know, hopefully keeps knocking down shots, it's that's absolutely huge for, for a Bulls team that is really lacking depth. I mean, he's the only guy on that bench unit that you could – look at and, and rely on uh for offense in, in any capacity so um yeah I was I was happy with the way that he played and especially because he you know he really struggled to to close the year so to see him come in in the playoffs and step up to the moment I thought was a really good sign yeah, yeah especially if he has a Kobe game like this way he's like can't miss from three yeah he's, that would be major he's a part of that, that's probably the Bulls best lineup right now with Kobe um Caruso, Zach, Demar, Vooch. It's not perfect, but all things considered, that's probably your best shot at winning by playing those five together right now. Because it's you're putting your most, I think you're putting your highest scoring potential on the floor defensively. But it, I feel like that's probably your best bet if you're going to have a chance to do something dynamic there. Yeah, and we need. I mean, you need the mix, like the. The, the defensive lineups are great and mm. we did a really good job of making the bucks take some tough shots, but we have to score to win the game. You know, like it, you have to have more points than your opponent to get the W. So mm. Kobe's one of the guys that he, you know, he, he definitely deserves a shot and opportunity to, to play in some of these lineups, especially, you know, he, he, I think has really thrived when he gets to play off the ball. And um, that's when I think his shooting becomes a little bit more consistent when he could be the third or even fourth option at times off, uh, you know, Zach and DeMar and even Vooch and just kind of spot up and have a little bit more time knocking down shots. So, um, and again, I think Kobe competes defensively. It's not, he's not, you know, uh, I wouldn't call him a plus, but, at least you know he's going to give effort out there on the other side of the ball so i I like what i saw from him and if you know he were to get more minutes um in the next game i i wouldn't be disappointed in that yeah i guess i will see what happens with io as well obviously because he's been the consistent minute as far as you know playing the 20 plus minutes a game um but like maybe if he's feeling a little more comfortable in set game two coming off of like obviously his first ever playoff game Maybe you see something change. I don't know what, like, what the, you know, what will happen with the menace wise, but obviously you need, you need either one of them to at least give you that spark off the bench at, at the very least. So, how, how do you both, how do both of you guys feel about game two? Uh, like we were talking about earlier, it's, it's hard to imagine Milwaukee playing as bad as they did, but the Bulls can definitely play better. So, game two, uh, 
is it a must win? Probably because you're going to be down 2-0 and Milwaukee's really good. So I, I don't know. I mean, I think we know the outcome of this series likely, but it's definitely still an important game for the Bulls in terms of staying competitive in the series. So, uh, Corey, what do you think the Bulls can do to continue to be competitive and to have a chance to steal one on the road uh, in Milwaukee for game two? Uh, well, I think that defensively they have to, you know, bring the same intensity, not give up when the ball swings, um, make the right rotations, and not let their role players have a big game. Like I, like I said, if you know Connaughton or uh, Portis or, or Grayson Allen all of a sudden have a game where they knock down four or five threes, I think we'll be in trouble. Mm-hmm. I also think, you know, Giannis was in foul trouble for a lot of the game and he only ended up playing 33 minutes. You look at Holiday and Middleton who played closer to 40. So the Bucks will probably have Giannis on the floor for another seven, eight minutes himself. And that's going to present problems, obviously. So I, the Bulls offensively, like Zach and DeMar have to both show up, I think, in game two. You know, I think if, and I think, They'll they'll shoot it better than they did. Certainly, Demar couldn't really shoot much worse. Um, and then the fact that when he was getting into the paint, he wasn't really getting getting any calls, so he had to continue to settle for tough shots. Uh, those guys have to have big games, I think. Like the mm-hmm. the, the defensive intensity has to carry over. Um, if Caruso could stay out of foul trouble and he can get up to that 36, 37 minutes per game range, I think that'll be big for the Bulls defensively, and I thought he did a good job moving off the ball and making plays. Um, but at the end of the day, why you're going to pay Zach Levine the max, why you paid DeMar DeRozan the contract he did is because of these moments. So, mm. you know, this is where you make the money. Like, go out and show the world that you guys are scorers, you're all-stars, like all-NBA players potentially, like, go out and be that. So I, I think that's what needs to happen in game two. Yeah, I think so. All, all eyes are on DeMar. Um, obviously, after that game, you had a lot of people talking about coming out. I told you so. Yeah, Raptors, <laughs> Raptors Twitter. who DeFrozen. Yeah, apparently they say they love DeMar, but they love to, like, crap on him all season. That, the Raptors Twitter is an interesting one. They're, but they're why? I don't get I it. I don't know. They, they, <laughs> I don't know, man. They, rap, I'll tell you this: Raptors fans are very weird. They're, they're a, they, they get very, very toxic. Like you, you talk about like I've seen them like give death threats to player people, and like oh I've seen them like wish injuries on players to other teams. Um, like remember when they cheered when KD got injured, and everyone thought like, oh, that was just a coincidence type of thing, or maybe it wasn't, man. <laughs> Maybe there's something going on in Toronto that we don't know about because these Raptors fans are are really peculiar. That's that's um, so weird though because they but, traded yeah. him and they won a championship because of it. So it's like, yeah, what do they have I to be know. mad about? <laughs> but like I said, yeah. So Al eyes on Demar. He's definitely going to have to uh, step up one way or another. I mean, if if they if the defensive focus is the same as Game One for them, like maybe don't force a lot of shots and and try to become a playmaker and see if maybe you can, uh, I, I don't know, maybe change up the offensive game plan a little bit. Like, like I don't I don't think they ran any, like, uh, inverted pick and rolls. Maybe do some inverted stuff with him and Zach. Mm-hmm. That could get either of them uh, um, 
a, a clean look, right? Um, mm-hmm. I thought Billy did that throughout the seasons randomly, uh, but maybe do some more of that in game two that get can take some pressure off of either one of them, uh, defensive pressure at least. Uh, and then, yeah, like the continuation of I, I, another thing I wanted to talk about. I know me, Ed, and I briefly talked about this before we. Uh, start recording but I, I think like forget about trying to match up size wise like I wouldn't I would maybe I know a lot of people else have mentioned it but maybe even ask Tristan Thompson not out of the rotation maybe if you want to play in five minutes whatever but I did like that he played DJJ in game one because I think his athleticism showed beneficial uh, that, there was a couple of offensive rebounds DJJ grabbed because of just him being able to come in and kind of get you know the extra possession of the Bulls didn't take advantage of those uh, not extra possession, but the continuation of the possession. But I mean, I would like to see them utilize DJJ instead of sticking with Tristan, just because Tristan, you know, I, I, I was happy with the signing, but he just hasn't lived up to what he's been uh, wanted, what what he wanted him to be, that is. Mm-hmm. So I think like, yeah, don't worry about trying to match up to the size. Uh, small ball, I think is better for the Bulls in general. I definitely agree playing um, Derek Jones Jr. more. I, I've kind of always wondered why he was like in or out of the rotation. Like I always kind of think he brings good things to the team, and I, you know, he has the length and athleticism to kind of guard up, and then he's also able to move fluidly enough to switch out onto the perimeter and guard wings. So I, I always feel like the Bulls, like he brings good things to the Bulls when he plays. So I, I also hope that he's, he stays in the rotation. Yeah. I, I think the, I think Salim's on the money here that we just don't really have the, the cards to match up size wise with Milwaukee. So you can't, uh, you can't force a strength that you don't really have. So we have to play to what we do have. And uh, I, I think going small is the right move. I think for me, the one thing I do want to see, um, in game two is I, I do want to see them come out stronger. I think if they can come out and they can s- try to set more of a tone, I, I know that's tough against a team like Milwaukee, but I, I think that is a big part of what made a difference in yesterday's game for much of the game until the Bulls made it competitive. Milwaukee was controlling everything. Like they were dictating everything. It feels like the Bulls were just really trying to play catch up and just trying to react and respond rather than set things themselves. So I want to see the Bulls come out and try and do their own punching in the mouth a little bit. So let's see if they're capable of doing that. Like if DeMar and Zach, if they can come out and get to a hot start, then that's what we need. If they can start forcing some turnovers and, and uh, you know, playing off of that, like they did earlier in the season, I know that's tough without Lonzo ball, but that's kind of what we need to do. So hopefully we can see some glimpses of the type of basketball the team was playing earlier in the season. If they can come out, get a really good start, and just maintain that throughout the game, then I, I like their chances. But uh, it's going to be tough regardless because Milwaukee just has a loaded team. So, yeah, I'm, I'm just looking forward to seeing hopefully a uh, a better start coming out the gate. Yeah, I just wanted to, to ultimately be competitive. Yeah. <laughs> uh, hang the hat that we're missing one of our – you know, better players in, in Lonzo um, and kind of come into the series and be like, all right, well, you know, Milwaukee's the defending champ, so mm. bad matchup. Let's 
figure out how to improve the team in the offseason. But I do think the opportunity is there for the Bulls to steal some games if they do what you said. And if they can get one on the road, then, hey, who knows, right? Like, you mm-hmm. know, the Bulls of uh, of yesteryear faced off against Miami when they were coming off championship, and, and we took them out in, in the first round. So um, oh, why man. not do that again, right? <laughs> don't uh, don't get my hopes up, man. With that. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> that was so much fun. Oh, man. Those yeah, were the days. I, I mean, yeah, remember those games clear as day. But uh, it's going to be hard when, you know, with Giannis on the other end. But, I mean, I think these guys are going to show up. And if they can come out of the game and punch first, like you said, like who knows? Mm-hmm. You know, it, the Bulls played catch up and – if you took that first stretch of the game out, then who knows how it turns out, right? So, hmm. like you said, though, like we mentioned, like a lot of guys had probably playoff jitters. It was their first experience for a ton of the guys. And if now that they know the intensity, they know what it's like, and they know how to start the game the right way um, against a team that's coming off a championship, like hopefully that first game experience helps them out a little bit and and they can steal one in Milwaukee. And then, you know, we're going back to Chicago in, in a good spot. What's your uh what was your prediction for the series? I I would have said Milwaukee in five. Milwaukee in five, okay. Gentleman sweep. <laughs> yeah. I, I think we both said the same thing. Did you say uh Bulls or not uh, Bucks and Six? I, I, I don't know, man. I said <laughs> I, I was I was hoping they could go five, but I, I had like I was thinking that they would sweep, but we'll see. <laughs> I'm I, I wasn't feeling very confident in them taking a game like but yeah game one maybe was a sign or just you know uh, uh, just uh we'll see maybe it was a sign or maybe it's just a, a blip and the bucks will just be like you know what we're not we're not messing with these guys anymore yeah well, so i don't know that's possible I don't know. too <laughs> yeah we'll see what happens like in the game two and and obviously you get a couple of home games. Maybe you can steal a home game or win a home game. Stealing a home game is kind of sad to say, but maybe, <laughs> maybe you win a home game and, and make it you know more interesting. But we'll see. Like I said, it's for the Bulls, I mean, you know, this playoff experience is good, and I think it's going to be big decision-making time for AK and, and the offseason and, and try to get, you know, another move to – to uh, improve this roster, even if it's on the margins or if there's a big trade and you make all your young guys available and get that, you know, big name. Mm. I don't know, but um, yeah, we'll, we'll see. We'll see game two. It'll be fun, hopefully. And they can at least keep it competitive. Yep. Game two. We got to wait till Wednesday to find out uh, nine thirty Eastern. Oh God, I hate the late start, uh, but nine thirty Eastern for game two see if the bulls can respond and hopefully keep this series competitive uh cory always great talking to you man loved having you on bulls go once again uh can you let our listeners know what you're working on right now it's nba playoff season but it's also draft season as well so i know you got a lot of stuff cooking up right now so uh let us know what you're working on man oh my god this yeah it's getting hectic uh over here for me um heading uh to new jersey in a couple of days to go get a look um some pre-draft workouts for a couple of guys um we're gonna be at no ceilings we're gonna be putting out our draft guide uh fairly soon so just trying to get that finished up um will be similar to uh, to my magazine that i had come out with a couple of years ago 
you know, banging out a ton of YouTube videos and, and just trying to build the no ceilings brand where, you know, in the draft world, we're putting out written content now six days a week um, mm. at no ceilings, completely for free. You could subscribe, get it at your inbox, uh, you know, putting out episodes of the draft act every week and, and uh, things are uh, going to get hectic. We're going to do a lot of cool stuff on, on the YouTube coming up. So I'm excited. It's uh, one of those things where I'm looking at the calendar and I'm going, oh, man, it's getting late early uh, <laughs> and it's going to start getting real, real, real busy. But this is, you know, my favorite time of the year. And, you know, speaking of the draft world and the Bulls got a win today, we won the tiebreaker. So we now have the 18th pick in the draft. So, um, you know, count that one as a win, if, even if we didn't come away with game one. And um, there are going to be some interesting prospects that'll be available to the Bulls this year for sure that that I think could help. So uh, I'm excited to see what we do with the pick uh, going forward. All right. Uh, what are y'all, what are you uh, planning for like the actual draft itself? Like, are you got are you, is no ceilings doing anything like special or big for that? Are you guys going to be at the draft or are you guys going to be doing like a show or just still kind of figuring that out? Uh, I think we're going to do a couple of different things. Um, you know, I, last year um, I attended the draft, the, thing about it you know attending it is weird because it's just a weird event to to go to in general mm-hmm. like you know there's a lot of dead time uh at the barclay center wi-fi kind of sucks um <laughs> so it's it's a weird thing to go to uh thinking about going early just to go outside and kind of interview some people and you know see what they're feeling see who they want the knicks to pick because there aren't really any nets, nets fans there mm. um but I think we're going to probably do a couple of di- like we're definitely doing a live stream uh, while we watch it. If for anybody who tuned into, we did a live selection Sunday NBA draft show. It'll be somewhat similar to that. Um, that's going to be a lot of fun. I think a couple of guys because you know the team's like over ten deep now. I think so. Mm. We'll probably have some other guys bouncing around some other live shows. So we'll, we'll be everywhere. Um, we're kind of like the. Uh, the Wu Tang Clan of the NBA draft world, so you know you'll you'll see us uh, in a whole bunch of different places on draft. <laughs> y'all looking like more than Wu Tang right now, like yeah. <laughs> y'all y'all getting to the size of like Rockefeller well, in its prime or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> We're like the extended Wu Tang family, <laughs> yeah. With, with, you know, outside of just the uh, the eight of them. Yeah, man. <laughs> oh man, no, that sounds great, man. Y'all are doing some big things. I always see a lot of y'all videos on the uh, on the timeline. Y'all are putting in some serious work, so. Uh, definitely uh, deserving of all the praise you guys are getting right now so uh definitely check out no ceilings and all of Corey's work that he's got going on uh salim you got any final thoughts before we wrap up uh no yeah just thanks again Corey, joining us it's always great having him on and uh love talking bulls with him obviously because we're all bulls fans mm-hmm. and uh yeah i love everything he does at uh no no ceiling and his draft content and you know he's He's a hard worker, man. He he's created a, a big brand for himself and oh, yeah. really really pimped that brand out and done a lot of great things with other uh, a lot of a lot of draft uh, draft people. So uh, it's great to see him continue to grow and will be interesting to see uh, how they keep developing. And I'm looking forward, obviously, this year. And obviously, they had the 18th pick. It's nice. You know? It's um, of all the you know. I mean, we're. Granted, we were all hoping it would be somewhere in the lower 20s because we're hoping, like, you know, the Bulls have, like, a top record in the league. But, you know, of if 
with the uh, fall a little bit, at least that's one positive that you have a little higher pick and maybe something on draft day you can work out. You know, either getting a really good player that falls a little bit out of the lottery, or mm-hmm. maybe you make a deal with another team in advance on a certain player. Like, you know, you can draft for them and then trade them down the line or whatever. But I don't know. We'll see what happens. But yeah, um, those are my final thoughts. Hopefully, like I said, game two can be fun and we'll see what happens. For sure. Let's see if the Bulls can uh, get a game or two and. Make things competitive. So yeah, I mean, if it's anything like the second half, I think we'll be, uh, I think we'll be in for something good. But that concludes today's Bulls Gold. As always, you can check out our past shows wherever you get your podcasts on Apple, on Spotify, and right here on the Barroom Network. So for Sleep Suda, while I'm Edward Schuler, this has been Bulls Gold, and we will catch you next time, Bulls fans.